we're back here with Paul, and the third most popular question is, what would you say, Paul, to someone that you met that you found out left their spouse? Well, you know, I, I guess you know, there's all kinds of different reasons. Um, you know, I, it's pretty hard or pretty difficult to, to know what people are going through. Um, you know, whether it's a, um, you know, another man, another woman, uh, whether it's just a, a, a situation of abuse, a, a situation of alcohol, drugs. I mean, there are, there are gazillion reasons that people do what they do. But the fact is, is that um, I guess I, I can really understand that spouse because I've lived that life. Um, I've experienced that pretty dramatically in my own life. So, I mean, there, there were people that would come to me that would, you know, that would, um, you know, what are you thinking? What are you doing? You know, um, Judy's, a, Judy's a great person, which she is. Um, loving person, very kind. Um, how could you do this? And what are you thinking? So, for someone to not impose, but for someone to come down on a prodigal or someone that's left a husband or a wife, um, I think it's a it's a very tender issue. I think it's a it's a it's a situation where um, you have to be very careful on how you handle that and. And again, in the physical world or the in the flesh, it's hard to do that because it's hard not to be condemning someone for the way they're living. Uh, you know, it's easy to look at your brother with with the splinter when you've got the log in your own eye. And you know, I had men and women that would talk to me and confront me, and you know. You know, you got to get your life together. You should seek help and this and that. But again, it's um, I guess how I would handle that, or what would I say to a prodigal or someone that's living in that situation? Um, it's hard because if you don't have that spirit of God, which if you're living in that state, it's very difficult to have that. You know, you don't have that. You don't have that compassion within you. You don't have that closeness to Christ. I mean, that's the furthest thing usually away from you. And you know, the again, getting back to the world's view, it's 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 a norm. It's the normal thing today that you know, someone gets a divorce. It's like, oh, geez, you know, I get a divorce. Well, you know, we have this council set up for this, and we, I mean. It's it's a business. I mean, people do it as a business. Um, getting back to the question is, what would I say? I think I would try to... I mean, the first thing I would say to a prodigal would, would, would be definitely, what is their... what's their commitment to God? What's their knowledge of God? What do you know about God? And I can almost guarantee you that that's the furthest and the last thing they want to hear. Because they know that with God, 
becomes in their mind maybe condemnation maybe it's like how can I how can I talk to God I mean, I'm not going to talk to God in the state that I'm in I would definitely I mean when I was gone from home there was no possible way I would have went to church because I knew the minute I stepped in the building I'd have this guilt trip what am I doing here I can't I don't belong here I'm not living this way so you know it, it's like it's like an alcoholic you don't have a problem you know you never have a problem uh, I don't have a problem with that I don't have a problem with this I don't have a problem with that so it's very difficult to talk to a what would you say to a prodigal I mean what is you know first of all I mean I would definitely tell them about the compassion and the love of God and that Christ is the only source or he's the only way that this person is going to get through this um, you can go you can seek as many counsels as you want you can seek as many friends as you want you can try to do things on your own you can change your car, you can change your dress, you can change your suit coat, but you're still the same person inside. And, um, you know, for, for a marriage to work, I mean, I, I, I will say this today, that the only reason, it's not because Judy loves me tremendously and I love her tremendously, but it's because we share the same Christ. And I do know that, I mean, whatever I have, whatever I do, I mean, he's the source. He really is the source. And it takes a long time sometimes for some people to see that I was one. So, I would, I, you know, there's a chance. There's hope for a prodigal. There's, there is a there's a chance, there's a hope, there's, you know, it's not in the pills and it's not in the alcohol and it's not in finding a new mate. It's not in, um, all those things lead to the same road. I mean, I look at, I look at professional athletes today. They've got billions of dollars and they're miserable. Most of them get to a point and there's a lot of them today that are Christians. But you know, when you look at, I mean, they don't need God. Not with all the money and not with all the fame. But that, there's emptiness on that side. So, you know, a prodigal or, or you know, a spouse that's, that's not at home, a spouse that's trying to find their way, try to find something new, try to, you know, whether it's a new motorcycle, a new car, a new girlfriend, a new boyfriend, and that's what I would say to the pro I mean, to, to sit and talk to somebody that, you know, wasn't at home, I can relate to what you're thinking, and I know what, what you're thinking, but I also know that, you know, Satan has a way, he, he has a way that deceives people in a way that looks great, that, you know, it's, um, you know, he knows, he just... He knows. He's so smart. He knows Scripture better than we know Scripture. He knows your weakness better than you know your weakness. Um, you know, um, 
getting back to speaking to a uh, a spouse that's gone um, or left it's not always just about I guess yourself and it's not all about what you want but you get to look at the whole picture and I, and I think that's what people forget that you know you just can't keep going through life without having a I don't know, a, a feeling of um, of acceptance or a feeling of, you know, your worth, your values. But Jesus changes that within you. Because things that you thought were very important to you, to me, wow, they're material things, they're things that don't last. Um, and you know, I read a I read a book one time, and it was about the, I don't know who bought it for me, and I can't remember, but it was about the stubborn spouse. And, you know, that was me to the T. And it was like a piece of scotch tape. They said marriage is like a scotch tape. I don't know if you've ever heard this story, but marriage is a, is a piece of scotch tape. And when you take that scotch tape out and you put it on a, on a piece of paper, it's stuck. It's there. Then when you pull it off, and you try to find another spouse or another person, you put that tape back on, and it doesn't quite last as long as it falls off. And then if you do it the third time, it doesn't hold at all. But that's what marriage is like. You know, God didn't plan for us to um, get married three times, have 40 kids, and live happily ever after. That wasn't His plan. And, you know, Scripture tells us that. And if we're going to go against the grain, if a spouse goes against that grain, they're lost. Um, plain and simple, you're lost. Um, and you know when Jesus, I mean when he when he comes back in your your and fills that void or fills that area in your life things really start to change. And you can see the values that you thought are, are held very highly. All, all of a sudden, those things are not that important. You know, the material things are not that important. Even even what, what you want, or what you think you want, or your desires, they're not quite that valuable anymore. Uh, it's not that critical that, you know, you get Pepsi Cola instead of Coca Cola. I mean, little things like that. It's not that critical that you know. Uh, that's how God has changed my heart. Um, you know, if somebody took my parking place, I kind of, I kind of sit back now, and I mean, I might still be a little upset at that, but I mean, the old me <laughs> would have jumped out of the car, <laughs> pounded on the car a little bit. But that's what I'm saying. That's that's God changes things. Changes people. And um, you know, when when I was gone, <clears throat> Judy, again, I, I mention this again, and I think for spouses that are out there, that their, their mate has left them, pray for their salvation first. Don't pray that God changes you. Don't pray that God does things that please you 
or your needs or your desires or your wants. Because you know, if God changes that spouse, you won't have to ask him for anything else. Because it'll be evident that, wow, my wife, she's a new person. I don't know what happened. My husband, he is a new person. Man, I can't believe it. Things are just so different. You know, and getting back to that, you know, is if I was talking to a spouse that was standing for marriage, um, pray for the salvation. Because there's no better prayer. I mean, how, you know, why would you pray for your husband or your wife to come home and know they would perish and be in hell? That's kind of a selfish prayer. But if you pray for the salvation first, all things after that become different to you. You won't even you won't worry about it. Because it'll be up to God. God God will change that person, you know, for God will make that person new for God's gratification, not for you. And then in the in the meantime, Christ will change that person, you know, in a way that you're going to find hard to believe because he does have that power and it happened for me, it happened for us, and it's happened for a lot of people. You know, God is bringing spouses home that have been divorced for years and all of a sudden they're getting back together. I mean, you know, that's the, that's the original plan. I can say about um, I guess how would I speak to the, the spot from you know a, a prodigal that's gone from home is that there is there is hope um, and you know I don't know what situation they're living in um, but it's not the way God planned it but you got to remember something that talking to a prodigal if there is no if there's no can't say desire but if there's no acknowledgement of who God is and who Jesus is and if there's no acknowledgement it's very difficult you really need that that ingredients you really have to have that source because I'll tell you prodigal comes home tomorrow and there's no change matter of time because I, I I can't see how people especially in today's society what have you can actually come home stay together really be content really been happy without that without that acknowledgement who Jesus is in their, in their heart it's Sorry if that <laughs> offends some people that might not have that, but he's the source. He's the only source. I mean, he fixes things. He f he fixes. He's in the people business. You know, he fixes people. Um, and you bring your car to a mechanic to fix it. You wouldn't bring it to a plumber to fix your car. 
So why would you not go to the physician? Why would you go to the master to fix you? We go to the you know we go to the dentist to have our teeth fixed, but why don't we go to God that you know has created that dentist? I mean, there's there's truth in you know in in what I'm saying as far as he's the only source he's the only way uh, we've heard it before we read it in the Bible we, we've heard it, we've heard it, we've heard it that God can do all things uh, God will help you God will fix you but you know you got to believe it and it does happen because you know I am a proof of a miracle I am proof that Jesus changed my life Thank you.